Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic, everyone. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for tuning in. If you are new here, and it sounds like there are several new ears heading their way over to Yoga Magic, this show is all about self-care and self-discovery. And my goal for each of these episodes is just to bring you tons of different ideas, practices, philosophies in the world of self-care and self-discovery so you can try them on and you can see what really works for you. Outside of this podcast, I am a self-care coach. I use astrology to get really specific in navigating what practices actually work, you know, to limit that cuz as, you know, you've seen from the hundreds of episodes on this show, there's so many ideas and so many things that we can do in the world of self-care and self-discovery and I like to use the chart to get really specific to see what works for you. Sometimes I'll bring in guests, or most of the time I'll bring in guests, experts. Sometimes it's related to our bodies. Sometimes it's related to things that are a lot more spiritual. And sometimes it's just me talking on the mic about what's working for me when I'm studying and what I'm experiencing, and that's what's happening today. So some updates coming your way. So grateful to hear from so many of you on Instagram and email that you're curious to know what's working in this pregnancy. It was related to self-care. And I've got thoughts, y'all. I've got lots of thoughts. It's been quite the journey, and I'm really grateful to to be here. Um, but it's it's real hard, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat this kind of stuff. It's been tough. But I kind of feel like there has been a big energetic shift for a lot of us, and I'll talk about what that's looking like in the chart. So if you are new here, welcome, welcome. I'm going to be talking today about the recent new moon in Pisces, what that might have felt like for us, what's happening in the sky right now, how patterns can show up in our lives, how we can look at those in our birth charts, how we can navigate what those look like, and we can pay attention to the lessons that we're learning from those particular patterns. We'll be talking a little bit about Venus, um, which is going to help you understand your values and your self-love. And then I'll wrap it up with just some things that are working in my world of self-care at the moment. I took the last week to really evaluate and do some spring cleaning. And I think it's been this just really beautiful practice that I would love to encourage anyone to try on if they can do that. Spring cleaning, not like our house or like clothes, but rather spring cleaning our life, almost like a life edit, right? So that's what's on the docket for today. Um, If you, again, are brand new here, I would really love to connect with you on Instagram. Make sure you're following along on Instagram. I'm over at ashley.sondergaard, and the podcast is at Yoga Magic Podcast. We have some fun events coming up in the Yoga Magic community. The next one is on in March, and it's Manifestation 101. So if you've kind of heard the buzzy term manifestation, but you're like, I don't really know what this means, and I want to try it on, this is going to be a really fun workshop for you to go to. It's on Wednesday, March 16th at 7 p.m., and that's central time. It's a 45-minute workshop. It's really collaborative. Bring your questions. We usually we, we keep them pretty small so that people can ask really specific questions related to charts and you know how this is going to work in terms of your life. Um, but we'll talk about the basics of like what is manifestation? What actions can you do right now? What might be holding you up? Um, and I've been studying manifestation now for... Uh, 
over four years. Wow. Um, and I would not consider myself an expert in manifestation, but definitely have lots of insight into how it works with self-care and the everyday practices that you're doing. So check that out. Um, tickets are just 10 bucks and you can get grab the tickets in the show notes. That's again, Wednesday, March 16th at 7 p.m. And then finally, if you are loving this information, if you're like, oh my gosh, I want to learn more about my birth chart, just get a basic understanding of like where to start. I would love, love, love to do a birth chart reading with you. I do 30-minute sessions um, every week. And these are going to be snapshots of the sky the minute that you were born. So you can get an understanding of, you know, who you are in your identity, your essence. Like, where do you feel safe? Where do you feel love? What motivates you? There's so much that you can see in your birth chart. And um, sometimes it's just easier for someone to explain it to you. (laughs) So if you want to book a session, check those out in the show notes as well. All right, my friends, let's let's chat. Let's chat here in my lonely office <laughs> about life and some of the things that have shifted in the last couple weeks on a personal level and also just on an energetic level. So a few weeks ago, really it's about a week ago now, was a new moon in Pisces. Pisces is the sign of really where that like spirituality lives, right? This is the sign of being connected to things that we can't see. And when Pisces is punctuated in the collective, which it is right now for a number of reasons, there's this there's this calling for many of us to go inward and connect with our soul, connect with our highest self, our truest expression of who we are. And I think what's so amazing about that is that the, the messages that come through during these times are profound. And also, we don't really live in this world a lot, right? We're going, we're doing the things. We're bringing our kids to school. We're getting our groceries. You know, we're doing our evening routines, whatever. We're, we're living in very much like this earthly state. Pisces is very different than that. Pisces lives in that ethereal state, that connection to things, again, that we can't see, to God, to a much bigger picture, So Jupiter, the planet of luck and abundance, happens to be ruled by Pisces. And with Jupiter in Pisces right now, or I should say Pisces is ruled by Jupiter, (laughs) with Jupiter in its home sign right now, there's a lot of Piscean energy. There's a lot of luck. There's a lot of joy when we want to experience it, when we can take a moment of rest and pause to listen and experience. So this energy, I've talked about it many times before, Jupiter and Pisces is happening between now and May. It'll shift into Aries from May to October, and then it'll come back again. So 2022 is is earmarked by this energy of Jupiter and Pisces. Last week was a new moon in Pisces, and a new moon is when both the sun and the moon are in the same sign. And we use new moons to set intentions, right? Start a new cycle, literally a new lunar cycle. With the new moon in Pisces last week, we were called to dig down and ask, what is it that we really want? If we get still and we listen and we connect to something bigger than just this earthly life, What is it that's guiding us? What is the motivation? What is the joy that we want to experience? How can we set some intention in that particular area of life? 
And I felt really called to spend some time doing that. So I did a really beautiful ritual. Um, I actually got it from Spirit Daughter. Check Spirit Daughter out on Instagram. Just amazing. If you're not already following her, it's just beautiful practices around the moon cycles. And I downloaded one of her or bought one of her actual like practices. I haven't done that before. It's like $7. It was awesome. And it had a meditation and it had um, a reading for the Pisces season and a ritual and all these different things. And so I did it all. And I'm like, I, I love to do moon rituals, but this was like, it just felt energetically different. I'm like, I, I feel something coming. I'm ready. So I took a bath, did lots of journaling, did some meditation and came out of it with this strong urge and calling to take a little bit of time off, quote unquote. I don't, I'm still here recording, so I'm technically not like not doing anything, but rather than like pushing through my to-do list for the week. And like, this is the first week in a long time where I have, you know, like actual work time. My kids are back in school. They can't get kicked out anymore because of COVID. Like we're in this kind of, I feel like a free space. And instead of like barreling through all the things that I wanted to get through, I felt the call to just reflect and ask and ask myself, what is next? What's next for me? What's next for my routines, my rituals? What's next for this show and my business? And it's been such a beautiful experience. So I'm calling this my self-care spring cleaning, okay? If you felt that energetic shift, you might've felt it in a number of different ways, that Pisces new moon, we all experience these things differently you still have time to kind of reflect on like, okay, what do I want to do with that? When I get really connected to my inner self and that, that true message that's coming through, what do I want to do right now? So let me give you some examples of like how, what's actually playing out now that I'm doing this, this spring cleaning over the last several years, when I started this show, when I started this business, it's been about making this a business. Okay. And I have a partner who is amazingly gifted in entrepreneurial spirit. He is, he's like the craziest manifester, you guys. I wish you could just see this stuff. It's, it's amazing. And he, he does it effortlessly. He's a great manifester. And there's so many times when I see the way it plays out for him as an entrepreneur. And I'm like, well, I want to do that. Like, can I do that? And I get defeated because I feel like it has to look similar to his business, which is like kind of insane because his business is very different. So I've taken a lot of reflection to say like, I, but actually I don't really want that. Like I don't, I don't really want a huge team. I don't really want a lot of responsibility per se. Like I want, I love responsibility, but I feel like I kind of have enough with two kids, soon to be three kids and all of these other things that I'm doing. What I want is to help people on a one-on-one basis. What I want to do is to share my experiences of deep self-study and self-care so that other people can try it on in different ways. And, and I, it just kind of like was an aha moment. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Is this like on paper going to grow into this huge business? I mean, maybe, but probably not. 
what it is is something that I truly believe in and something that I really love. And I want to keep doing this in a way that feels enjoyable. And if I force it into something else, if I try to scale it in a way that isn't sustainable, I'm not going to like it anymore, right? And so just that like freeing revelation about what I want has felt really good. And that's going to mean some shifts for us in terms of how we structure our life and childcare and all those things. Um, because again, it's, it's like, uh, what do I really want? What do I want when I listen? I've, I've thought a lot lately about time with my kids. Like I love being around them. We, I've been around them a ton <laughs> the last two years, too much. So babe, we all need breaks from each other. And I think we haven't had that. And so what I'm learning is that there is like, there's, there's a balance of this. I need a little bit of recharge time every day. Um, having even just a little bit of childcare throughout the week makes a big, big difference. And it's for both of us, right? And so when the baby comes along, how do we structure this in a way that makes sense? So I'm speaking obviously from a place of privilege, privilege to even be here talking about you know my passions and my work and my business. Um, but I, I think it's fair. We all should be able to evaluate these things. Like, what do we want? What is our truth? And this really links up to manifestation. Because if you are looking to manifest something in the future or right now, you have to truly be aligned with that manifestation, right? I heard today, there's a great example of like, if you don't want to manifest a yacht, why are you manifesting a yacht, right? Like we're told that that things like money and the bigger house and the perfect partners and like all these things are, are what we should be wanting. But like some of us just don't feel that connected to that, right? It doesn't actually bring us joy. Maybe things like having these profound experiences with clients is what brings, you know, more joy. And that's how it's, how it's been for me. So getting really aligned with what a true want is right now has sped up my manifestation process. It's actually the last week, more manifestations have come through than I've had in six months because I was functioning on this like, okay, I have to get this off the ground. I have to get this to work in a way that is like, again, on paper, really tangible, really successful so that I can expand and I can build out a team and like all this stuff. And again, that might shift in a few years. I might be ready for that. But right now, again, with two kids, a third on the way and the stage of life that I'm in, I don't think that's something I actually want. And it's felt really good to, to reflect on that. So my suggestion, if you are into some to self-care spring cleaning, is to just take some time and journal on what your wants are. And how that comes back to routines is that you can get really clear about some of the things that aren't working, right? Like what are the things in your routine that aren't contributing to that want? Um, for example, like the world of group fitness. I love group fitness. I taught group fitness for 10 years I love being in that like big, you know, fun, loud music room. It's so energizing. And yet right now, that isn't really something I want to be doing. Like if I'm going to get some sort of movement or workout in, it's going to be a walk outside with sunshine on my face, or it's going to be 
can squat while I'm brewing my coffee. And that for this stage of life feels perfect. I can squeeze in more opportunities to move my body to feel better. So that's shifted. That's a big change. And I, that's part of my self-care routine is that I know I don't want to force myself into these things that I used to love. Um, and again, it might change. It might come back. I might be like ready for a berries class tomorrow <laughs> and that's okay. But right now, just beautiful walks outside is filling up my soul. Some other examples of this is that, you know, meditation, it ebbs and flows. I really love meditation and I like to meditate every day if I can. Sometimes for, you know, an hour if I have the space, if I get up early enough. But right now, my kids, for whatever reason, are just waking up a little bit earlier and they're crawling into bed with me and we're snuggling in the morning. And to me, that is like energetically the best way to start my day. Yes, I could use that time for meditation, but I'd rather just snuggle with them, talk about our day. And it feels so aligned with, with where I'm at in the stage of life. So if you do a spring cleaning right now of your energy, of your wants, of your routines, let me know how it goes. I'd love to hear, you know, what you're discovering. If you need any guidance and you want some information on your birth chart, just shoot me a note. I'm happy to give you a little more. One specific place you can look to when you're doing this work, everyone, is your Venus. We haven't talked a lot about Venus on this show yet. We talk a lot about the sun moon. We talk about Mars um, as it relates to self-care. And if you want you to go back to any episodes, get a broader understanding of cosmic self-care, what I, what I use in one-on-one sessions, um, check out episode 140, which is on evening routines. You can do 125 on your morning routine. There's a bonus episode on like your sun versus your moon routines. Lots of episodes on this. Um, but if you're looking to understand your Venus, Venus is a great place to look at what your values are. What do you value? What do you find as important? What do you see as beautiful and pleasurable in life? And it's also very linked up to what your self-love looks like. So knowing first the sign that your Venus is in will give you an understanding of the flavor of your Venus, okay? I'll use mine as an example. So my Venus is in um, Leo. <laughs> and this is a kind of a funny placement. Leo is expressive. Leo loves to be seen. Leo is like over the top. It's ruled by the sun. So there's just this like high energy fire sign, big and broad, wildly generous, but like maybe a little self-indulgent at times. And knowing that I have my Venus in Leo, I know that I value being seen, one, by my family, by my friends, um, even, you know, by listeners of the show. That's something that feels valuable to me. Two, that I value really big love, like like maybe over the top dramatic love. <laughs> I think about rom-coms, like it's hard for, this is a really good example, it's hard for me to watch movies because I get so obsessed with the love stories in them and like want that in a way that like these aren't, these aren't real things, movies aren't real, right? Even we're, <laughs> tangent, quick tangent, we're watching, we're watching all the Star Wars movies right now as a family, like None, I, none of us have actually watched Star Wars, and I 
during the pandemic was like, cool, we should just like start watching them. So we've been watching them start to finish. And there's one so meta, so just so cool, wrapped in Buddhism, just this idea of fear and all these things. But two, there, you know, these love stories, specifically (laughs) Darth Vader and um, Queen Amidala is so interesting because he was so afraid of losing her. That's ultimately we know what led him to the dark side. Okay. Tangent in that is that I get so fixated on those kinds of ideas that I can't, I kind of can't pull myself out. This is why I love romance novels so much. I have to detach from the characters. I have to give myself time because I get so invested in this like big dramatic love. So Knowing and understanding what your Venus looks like can give you an understanding of like, what do you value? And how you use that is up to you. I'll give some other examples. If you have your Venus in, say, Taurus, Taurus is ruled by Venus. This is an important placement. If you have your Venus in Taurus, you really value beautiful and, um, I don't want to say expensive, but like, Things that are meaningful to you, things that hold significant value in a way that is, you know, will stand the test of time. This is like, I really value comfort and good food. I really value beautiful things. I value pleasure in a way that is sensual and earthly. And when you know that about yourself, you don't have to feel bad when you're like, you know what, I am going to save my monies for a beautiful handbag. I'm not going to get the 10 Target handbags. I'm going to get this Louis Vuitton. (laughs) I've never done this, but like, I think that's like a true expression of Venus and Taurus. And you should not feel bad about that at all because that's who you are. So take a peek at your Venus and see where it, what sign it's in. And then secondly, look to see what house it's in. So I've explained it this way a number of times. If the planet is the, is the player on the stage, it's the person, it's the actor. The sign that it's in is the costume that it wears. So Venus in Taurus is going gonna, is gonna to look a lot different than, say, Venus in Leo. And then the house that it's in is the stage on which it is played. It's the area of your life where you'll see this show up the most. So I'll use my chart as an example again. So my Venus, you know, how I connect, how I love, what I value in life is in Leo, the sign of joy and big expression, big love. And it plays out the most in my fifth house of children and creativity. And having this aha moment this last week that big love for me shows up in my kids and also in my creative expression just felt so good. I'm like, yes, I'm doing both of those things. This is where I'm going to prioritize my energy and find that joy right now. I value these things. Does somebody else value the same things as me? No, that's okay. And we don't have to. So take a peek at your Venus if you want to do that spring cleaning practice. Let me know how it goes. The other thing that can be really interesting to look at in your chart are some cycles. And there's tons of cycles in our charts. You know, we have our moon return to its placement within the where you were born every several months or the um you know the sun returns to its same spot in your birth chart once a year that's your solar return and 
there's a couple that are really interesting to look at right now. Saturn return is probably the one you hear about the most where Saturn returns. And we think of this as sort of like the next stage of life. Um, it happens every 30 years. So it's, that's a longer cycle. Um, you're likely, if you are around 30, you have likely just finished your Saturn return, or if you're around 60 or 90, you're having all these different experiences, but they can be kind of challenging. Saturn returns can be, you know, you really have to grapple with like, who am I and what's this next stage of life? Another interesting one is to look at your Jupiter. And this is a 13 year cycle. Look at Jupiter and even right now, you know, with Jupiter in Pisces, when it was in Pisces last time for you, what was happening? What was happening 13 years ago? What is this new cycle for you? Um, When Jupiter shifts into Aries in May, there's going to be a lot of action and a lot of really just this excitement and push to evaluate or maybe evaluate's not the word, but go and grasp joy and abundance. How do I get that? I see it. I'm, I'm visualizing it right now and now I'm going to go get it. And I think, you, you know, mirroring what's happening in the world right now, we are coming out of a two year, very, you know, introspective time and we're going out and we're experiencing things in a new and different way. And we hopefully have some clarity on what is important. So go back, look at when Jupiter was in Pisces for you 13 years ago, or even just start to evaluate some of these cycles within your chart. Um, Again, this is a little bit of a broader or a little bit more advanced astrology study, but if you are someone who is in this process and you've been studying astrology for a while, you might find this to be interesting. Okay, let's talk a little bit. We talked about manifestation and just that connection to our, our wants and the honesty that we have within what we really truly want. If you want to know a little bit more about that manifestation process, the one that I really love and use, check out episode 130 with Heather Whitaker of To Be Magnetic, which is a beautiful manifestation practice um, that I use, and she can give you more insight into some of the the, pra- the actual practices, the to-do list items that come with manifestation. And then, you know, as you're seeing these things come up, as you're seeing your wants really come your way, you know, give yourself that celebra- celebration time. Give yourself the time to process and be grateful. You know, I think what's happening in the Ukraine and just the rest of the world right now is is just heartbreaking and gives us so much perspective that the little things that we just are so, so grateful for day to day become that much more special, right? Our food, our safety, you know, our being able to sleep in an actual bed versus a cot. So I just, I ask you as your manifestations come in, which they will, everyone, they absolutely will be grateful and and take that time to reflect on your wins. That is something that I don't always do. And I'm really trying to force myself to slow down and, and be more positive um, as things come in. Okay. Lots, lots and lots of things on <laughs> this portal that I've sort of been moving through Updates on pregnancy. Y'all have been asking lots of questions on this and how this relates to self-care and some of the things that I've been working with. Um, 
it's been a journey, that's for sure. If you, again, are new here, this is my fourth pregnancy. I have two little girls. Um, I lost our twins about a year ago now. And I have an episode just on how that really shifted my perspective on a spiritual path. Um, That's episode 91. And I learned a lot from that experience about fear and really how I can use that fear to take some risks in a good way, right? And live the life that I want to live. So being pregnant this time around is so different, so different. I I don't, those of you that have experienced this before, you know, I think we have expectations about what it's going to be like because we've done this, all right? Like, oh, this is my fourth pregnancy. I know how this works. And it always shocks me because every single experience is so different. It's like so different. The first time around, I felt like sort of clueless. I was, I was like, everything was new and it just felt so exciting. Second time, I don't even remember. Rory's pregnancy, probably because I had a one-year-old. My girls are 22 months apart, so they're very close in age. I don't remember hardly anything other than that it was easy and it went fast and she was out in about four hours. Like, it was the best. But, you know, with this time around, lots of funny things are coming up. And probably because, you know, I've been through a big loss and that fear just sort of lurking around in the back of my mind at all times. And I've really had to like face it to really get up front with that fear, fear of just that I can't control any of this, right? I can't control it. I can control my daily routines. I can control my self-care. I control how I feel. And actually, no, I can't. I can control the things that make me feel good, but I can't control a lot. And it's been a wild ride emotionally, I didn't necessarily feel like the hormonal ups and downs quite as much the last two, three times as I have this time. They are huge. I feel like there are days where I'm like on cloud nine and there are days where I I can't get out of bed. I feel so low and that's new. This is new information. This is really like new experiences that I've had really since the, the pregnancy loss. And it's, it's, awful. And I so feel for those people that have to deal with this day to day. Depression is awful, but it's also helping me understand it's okay to have low days, right? It's okay to just take a beat and be sad for a little bit. We need the ups and the downs. So emotionally, it's been a big old roller coaster. And now that I am almost 23 weeks, we're getting towards that third trimester, the body is exhausted. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm not sick and I'm just like not being sick feels so good to have been really sick. The first trimester as many experience, I am like, you know, I'll take some, I'll take some hip pain over being throwing up every two minutes. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. Overall, though, I think this is something that, you know, a lot of people do love. People love being pregnant. I don't, I'm not one of those people. I will not sugarcoat it for you. I just really don't love being pregnant. I love the baby. I love the newborn stage. Like I, even those crazy first couple of weeks where you're not sleeping and like everyone's sort of like out to lunch because you're just in this weird ethereal space. I love that. I love that time. I just don't love the pregnancy. I don't like being restricted. Okay. Like it's, uh, I want to have all my weird 
adaptogens and I, you know, I like to have a glass of wine every now and then and I like to do specific workouts and things that I just, I feel like I have to be a lot more careful right now. And I don't like that. I don't like rules. (laughs) My Saturn is in, where is it? It's in my sixth house of daily routines. So it's just like having restriction on my daily routines. Mm -mm, Not my favorite. So what I've been doing to combat that is be really intentional about my simple day-to-day self-care and also preparing and getting exciting for excited for the postpartum process because to me that's this like magical time something that in the past I I've put some effort into but I wouldn't say I've put a ton of effort into I think it gets overlooked right we are so preparing for the baby but we don't always think about that process that time after baby's here So in the now, right now, some of my very simple practices are that I'm giving myself more rest. I did a whole episode on this um, recently. Lots more rest, sleeping more, really investing into what is quality sleep, sleeping in when I can. And then digestion has been a major struggle. Like when you're pregnant, sometimes your digestion will slow down. So taking time to in the morning drink like two glasses of lemon water at room temperature, make a big difference hot water some days before I have anything else, before I have any coffee or food. Um, Again, just really um, getting there to move that digestion along in a natural way. That's, That's one easy one. Two, I've been adding in movement in times that I like in sort of random times in the day. So while I'm brewing my coffee, I sort of mentioned this, I have some free weights that I'll go ahead and I'll do some bicep curls. I'll do squats. I'll do just a few things It's not taking any extra time out of my day, but it's giving me some strength training in. And I'll do that a few times throughout the day, squeezing in some strength training in the past. I would have pushed like lots of, I was teaching yoga for the last several pregnancies. So teaching all these classes and doing all this extra physical work. And now I'm not doing those things. And so sprinkling in some really, um, really focused strength work has felt so good. Getting out and doing walks every day has been really helpful in my mood, in sleep regulation, in emotions, getting out there, getting sunlight in my eyes. I've been taking some time to at night, I talked about this, like take baths and really set myself up for good sleep. Um, so that's reading, that's low lighting, that's starting my bedtime routine after the girls go to bed. Um, usually they go to bed around 7.30 and I try to get my routine from like eight to nine, get into bed at nine o'clock if I can. And my biggest, the hardest part of this is getting off of any sort of screen because I love to listen to podcasts or a meditation, but ultimately I end up like opening Instagram and scrolling anyways. So getting the screen out of there has been hard, but it's helping a lot. Daily self lymphatic massage, um, definitely experiencing some water retention. And so I use this tool, I'll link it up in the show notes to first you do a little bit of oil on the body and then it's like moving the lymph and just again, sort of just moving the skin and the fascia towards the lymph nodes to flush out any toxins, any extra water. And it feels really good. I definitely like feel just puffy (laughs) at this stage. And I'm sure I will until the very end. Also, my ice roller. I can't get enough of that ice roller in the morning. It's the Skinny Confidential ice roller. It's this like huge, chunky pink ice roller. And I will just massage the face. And I I feel like it really, 
it cools the body down, but it also gives my face just a little bit more structure. So I'm not (laughs) so puffy. Those are simple, simple things. One more in the, in the vein of simple things throughout the day, I've been adding the two minute cold blast at the end of my showers. If it's in the morning, only in the morning, take a warm bath at night, everybody. But in the morning, freezing cold shower for two minutes, I set the timer. Whoa, it gets the cortisol up. It literally wakes up my day. It's amazing. And then I feel, I feel a lot more awake throughout the day usually get pretty tired around two, three, as many of us do. Energy is such an interesting thing to watch because what I'm finding is that one, my, you know, my energy is, is great, especially early in the day. And then it really peters out about three, two or three in the afternoon. And I've been tracking my sleep with my aura ring. I talked about that on my sleep episode as well. What's so cool about this is that It'll tell me every day, it says to me, it looks like you need to rest today because your heart rate was so high. Your heart rate gets up really high when you're pregnant because you have more blood to pump throughout the day. So my resting heart rate is like 10 beats faster than it normally would be. And so every night my aura ring thinks that I am working out or something in my sleep and I wake up and I, I feel somewhat rested, but it's not a surprise that, you know, midway through the day, I start to lose energy because our body's just working, working super, super hard. So I love studying all of this, you know, how, how this relates to the body. And funnily enough, you know, there's lots of data that when the baby's out of the body, that resting heart rate goes back down to normal and your restorative sleep comes back if you can squeeze it in. And I think maybe that's why we kind of are able to push through those first couple of weeks of, of newborn. Cause we're all of a sudden like, Oh wow. Yeah. I have, I'm not pumping double the blood and carrying a baby at the same time. <laughs> So simple things throughout the day on a food sense, I'm trying to prioritize fruits and vegetables as much as possible, really lots of protein. I've never eaten meat in a pregnancy before. This is the first pregnancy where I've actually eaten meat and I feel like I'm noticing a difference. Um, I'm not afraid of red meat. I try to get you know a little bit of meat every day and really good quality meat, grass-fed beef and even just some of our, I love the Kelly Levesque protein powder in smoothies. So quality protein throughout the day has made a big difference. Tons of water. I don't feel like I could get enough water. It's insane. And obviously like going to the bathroom all the time is, is a repercussion of that, but totally worth it. Pounding my hydro flask every single day. So these are very simple things. And I think the thing that's so amazing about self-care is that we we have to establish the basics first, right? Sleep, digestion, food intake, water, movement. Those are the basics. And when you get there, when you have that established, that's when you get to move into these more spiritual practices and you get to do more of that like journaling, meditation, other work. So if you're looking for a place to start, look at your basic needs. Am I getting sleep? What can I do to alter that that sleep to make it more quality? Am I getting enough water? Am I feeding my body with nourishing foods? Now that I'm preparing for postpartum, I've had, I've been reading a ton. I'm, this is like something that I cannot wait to do some episodes on once baby has arrived. But this whole like idea of the first 40 days, there's a book that I highly recommend called The First 40 Days that evaluates really this time of, of really significant rest. When we are at home with baby and there's really no schedule, right? We're not sleep training yet. We're not going out and about. And we're eating warm foods, sleeping when we can, really focusing on 
quality, dense foods, you know, lots of broths and soups and getting yourself nutrients so that you can give that to your baby. So that's been something I've been investing energy into learning about and hoping to set that up. There is this whole movement since I've had kids, since the last time I actually had a baby, there's been a lot more talk about postpartum doulas or um, like night nurses, if you've heard of that before. And when, especially when I was pregnant with Lily, there I didn't, had, I don't know that it even existed really. And now I'm like, this sounds amazing. So let me tell you what this is. So a postpartum doula is someone that comes over to your house, a woman, um, not a medical provider, but a support person that comes over to help you navigate that postpartum process, help you as mama, you know, helps with things like breastfeeding. They'll make you some nurturing foods. They'll take care of baby while you take a quick nap. And it's really about helping you start to feel like yourself again, especially within those first 40 days. And I have had a doula. I had the the most amazing doula for both of my births where they were present for your actual birth. But a postpartum doula isn't present for birth, but is present after. And so I think that's something we've decided to invest in this time around. Rather than a birth doula, I wish we could have both, but just financially it makes more sense to have one. And so I feel like I know the birth process. I've been there several times now. And a postpartum doula sounds like something that I, I really want to have this time around. And so they do they do also do overnight care where they stay, they do some housework, they make some food overnight, they take care of the baby. And then if you're breastfeeding, they'll wake you up, have you feed baby, and then you go right back to sleep so that you can prioritize sleep every once in a while. You know, we're looking at doing this. Actually, it was, if you guys listen to the show, The Skinny Confidential, Lauren, um, the host, had a postpartum doula. She called it a night nurse at her house with her baby Zaza and she's pregnant right now. I think we're almost exactly the same (laughs) stage of pregnancy. And she's talked about that, having that again. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds like something I would just really love to have the occasional night of sleep. And, um, and I, I, again, admit that this is a bit of a luxury, but if it's something that is calling to you, I would recommend asking for that, like in your baby registry. So have asking for a fund towards either a postpartum doula or even a birth doula. If you, if that's something you're interested in, because having support, having someone else there to support you, your self-care is so, 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 so critical. So more to come on that whole postpartum process. I'll be doing plenty of episodes and I have some guests lined up that I'm starting to work with, um, an herbalist, probably a doula at some point. So if that sounds of interest to you, let me know. I'm hoping to, to share life updates on that. Okay. I think, I think that's most of your questions answered everybody. I, again, I'm so grateful to have you listening to me talking to this microphone every week. And next week episode is going to be so fun. I cannot wait for you to hear Our guest, Molly Kringle, she is the founder of Wild Hive, which is quite the experience here in the Twin Cities. It's a dance, immersive experience, and it's just this beautiful freedom of women coming together to move their bodies. It's these like cool pop-up dance experiences. So more to come on Molly and her journey. And again, if you are new, each week I share episodes with experts, practices, just me talking about self-care and self-discovery. And if you ever want just some ideas, shoot me a DM. I'm so happy to 
to share thoughts and, and give you some direction. Thanks again for tuning in. I will see you all next Thursday.